last episode, Rick, we were talking about, um, obviously, Joe Bonamassa, but we mentioned a movie, or and I, I've seen clips of it, and, and you said it was really good. So I went out, I think that night or the next night, I went out and I searched for it and I couldn't find it on Netflix. And I don't think I looked for it on Apple TV, but I did find it on Amazon Prime. Cool. It wasn't free. I think it was like $4, uh, but it's called It Might Get Loud. It's a 2008 movie with Jimmy Page and Jack White, which you knew that we couldn't think of the third person and that's the edge yep from u2 okay and i i don't know why i i didn't get that like i should have known that um but anyway uh that's where uh the three of them discuss electric guitar and their musical influences and uh it's actually really good i like how that movie starts out where it's jack white like out in the middle of nowhere he's got like a a two by four uh, a glass Coke bottle and a string and a couple nails, and he's got it hooked up to an amplifier. And it, I'm not going to say it sounded great, but it sounded pretty cool. Yep. Is, I know. I w- Go ahead. Is this a movie or a documentary? It, both. Oh, okay. Yeah. Hmm. It's actually pretty pretty good. You should um, you should take a look at it. Okay. Yeah, it was. I think it was like $4 or $3 and some change on Amazon Prime to rent. And I had some account credit for one of my recent purchases. So it actually only cost me like 78 cents. But I might, That's... But I might uh, go see if it's out there on, uh, on, on Apple TV. And uh, if it is, maybe, maybe purchase it. Because I'd like to watch it again. It was pretty interesting. Yep. There's a lot of movies like that out there. A lot of doc- documentaries on uh, different things and different groups and how they got started. Well, you're going to have to bring those up when you think of them so that I can look them up. I've, like I said, I've seen clips on uh, the Instagram reels and, and on, uh, on YouTube or whatever, uh, but I've never seen the movie till recently. It was pretty good. Uh, there is one um, on the Eagles, and uh, I think it's a three-part series, and it's also something very similar in how they got the band together and uh, the different uh, people that were in the band and stuff like that. It's actually really good, too. Speaking of the Eagles, I have a funny, well, I guess it's not really a funny story, but I do have a story to tell because the Eagles were just recently here in the Des Moines area, just like a yeah, week. 500 bucks. Yeah, but Whoa. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to talk about that here in just a second. Welcome back to the Pandemic Guitar Podcast. This show is all about guitars, guitar music, and those who make the songs we like. I'm Tim, and over there on microphone number two is Rick. How you doing, everybody? And signing in from the remote microphone, it's microphone number three, Amanda. Hello. Hello, everybody. So real quick, going back to the Eagles, um, I really wanted to go see them because that's probably the last opportunity that I would get to see them, but we did just go to the other concert and the tickets were like $500. Uh, the wife was watching the, uh, the website and literally 45 minutes before the concert began, those seats dropped to like 225 bucks each. Wow. Wow. Still ridiculous, but a lot better than $500. And if it wasn't for the fact that I was so tired and it's, Still was $225. I might have jumped in the car and went. That's nothing yeah, compared but... to the Taylor Swift tickets. Did you hear about that? Oh, I, so I, I know a little yeah. bit about it. What, what do they're, you know? Yeah, they're going like for $17,000, $20,000 and, and up. And a lot of people are blaming Ticketmaster for that one. But was Ticketmaster the one actually trying to sell the ticket for seventeen grand? That's my understanding. Because I've, I've always wondered this on some of these concerts, uh, especially like at the state fair, I almost feel like there's people that go out and they'll buy like 10 tickets and, you know, they'll pay $100 for a ticket and then they'll turn around and sell them secondhand for oh. whatever they want, you know, $250 or whatever. 
I don't know if that's what really happens, but I kind of feel like it does. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I just remember I saw screenshots of the actual Ticketmaster website where it was like 17K, 25K for one ticket. People are losing wow. their minds over it. I did see, I don't know if it was on the news or I don't remember where I saw it, but I did see some uh, some video clips of people just, yeah, losing their minds, like break, having a mental breakdown because they couldn't get their Tay-Tay tickets. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. It was yeah. crazy. I, I probably would have paid a little bit more attention to it, but it was Taylor Swift. Like, yeah, Taylor I, Swift is good, I... but don't understand the hype personally i wouldn't listen to taylor swift in the bathroom let alone pay seventeen thousand dollars for a ticket to see her in person. <laughs> i just i mean I, you know it's just not my thing it's not my yeah thing. it's not my thing either I, but even if it was my thing there's no way that i would pay that kind of money for a ticket whether i, I had the money or not i could buy a lot of guitars with that true a lot true unless yeah. they're gibsons then you can buy like three three <laughs> Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Or maybe one. Yeah, or one. Yeah. Uh, what? No, you wouldn't. Whose guitar was it that was on sale for like 40? It was on auction, like 40 grand or something. Was that Kurt Cobain's? I think so. Yeah. yeah. Maybe you could get with like four friends and you can like have guitar custody battles over it. You know, you get it <laughs> this week. Somebody gets it the next week. There you go. Uh, as always, uh, you can reach out to us in two ways. Uh, one is on Instagram at Pandemic Guitar or email pandemicguitar at iCloud.com. That's where you can uh, let us know what you think about the show, give us some show ideas, and of course, oh, as always, ask questions. Uh, and it sounds like this week might have been a little slow for questions. We don't, yeah, we did not get any questions this week. Um, but we do have just a couple of things that are kind of happened recently in the news. Um, one of them actually kind of relates to the last podcast when you guys um, talked about your recap going to the John Bonamassa concert. Apparently, he had, sorry, Joe, not John, say, hear that Joe. Right? <laughs> I didn't go to the concert, clearly. Uh, Joe Bonamassa has apparently quit social media. Wow. I did see that. Uh, and it would have been nice if you were in town because that was a really good concert. Uh, really? Oh, yeah. Did oh, yeah. you guys take any video? Because I didn't get anything. Or could you not take video? No, we uh, we probably could have gotten away with taking a few pictures or some video, but you're not supposed to. So gotcha. we yeah. decided not yeah, to break the rules. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so uh, I posted episode number eight on Instagram and I tagged Joe and I was I was shocked, but I wasn't shocked that we didn't, I didn't see any reaction there, you know, no thumbs up, no thank you, no nothing. Um, and I know that he's probably, or he wasn't the main person handling his social media. It sounds like uh, a couple people were flipping garbage or, you know what people do on social media. Yep. You know, so they were they, giving him a hard time. He decided to just get rid of his account. Well, or? no, he didn't get rid of the account. Um, I can't remember exactly how it went. I, I read the article and it sounded like somebody made a comment about his haircut or something like that. It was just really negative. And so he kind of sniffed back and was like, yeah, well, I'm going to be on stage tonight in front of thousands of people entertaining them. What are you doing? And hmm. so he erased that, I believe, and came back and was like, yeah, no, um, social media is a distraction. Uh, I don't want to have anything to do with it. So any more posts that are on his profile are not going to be directly from him. They're going to be from the social media manager. Gotcha. Well, I, I get it. Have you ever, have you ever just sat there and looked at, you know, I do it with Facebook. Like I, I, I don't want to be on here. Right. And you get into like a spy, like a like a downward spiral with it, like yep. videos and reels and everything, and you know somebody's dog driving a little car and little <laughs> dog with a sombrero, right? Right. Or is that just me? That's probably no, me. I'm no, no. I get sucked into the cat videos. <laughs> <laughs> so that's why we're not on Facebook. Uh, we're just on Instagram because. I can just watch videos and post stuff and I don't have to, you know, if I don't like what I see, I can just keep moving on. Mm -hmm. Yep. All right. So you, uh, so yeah, that's what's going on with uh, Joe and his social media. That's a bummer. Yeah. 
I don't blame him though. I mean, what? he wants to get on on stage and he wants to be in a good mood and he wants to uh, put on a good show for the people who bought tickets. If you are frustrated and upset because of social media, that's going to carry on to stage and your right. fans are not going to get what they paid for. Right. But I mean, if I was that famous, I I wouldn't even look at my comments, you know? What, what, why would you care? Just post, turn your comments off, just ignore them, turn your notifications off. Yeah, I agree with you, but that's why you have a social media manager. They handle True. that. Because if you're not interacting with your followers, then they're not really going to be followers. True. True. I guess it depends how big of a star you are. Because there's plenty of them out there who, who absolutely do not interact with anyone. Sure. At all. But mm-hmm. Yeah, it happens. Yeah. So what else you got? Yeah, so the next uh, uh, piece of recent news, Dolly Parton played a $99 mini electric guitar at the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame induction ceremony. Was that was nice. that the project guitar, Dad? Did you <laughs> give no, that to her? No, no, that, no, no, I, I don't know her personally. Okay. But that I like that. So that yeah. just goes to prove it doesn't matter how much you spend on the guitar, right? Well, you got to think about this. I mean, I'm sure she had it professionally set up. She has a way she wants to play it and a way it's set up. I mean, I'm sure she had maybe the frets leveled, the, uh, maybe the, um, a, a basically a, a complete setup on the guitar. She's just not going to take it out of the box and go up on stage with it. So I would say that, you know, yeah, it's a, it's a $99 guitar, but. It was customized. Like it was bejeweled or yeah. rhinestoned or whatever. So, I mean, yeah, it yeah. was taken out of the box and somebody went through it and customized it for her so right. yeah it probably came off the shelf as a hundred dollar guitar but by the time she played it it was probably a two thousand dollar guitar right yeah it's the same thing as the project guitar yeah you well, think it's worth two thousand now no oh, okay. <laughs> that's what I was we're gonna, gonna say sell it for. we're gonna sell it for that no I actually really like this story um I went out this was on guitar world is where I saw it and uh that was apparently the big deal because everybody else is out there showboating really fancy expensive equipment and then here comes dolly parton on a 99 dollar mitchell guitar it was a mitchell Mm -hmm. it was a mitchell it kind of is nice because i'm a fan of inexpensive guitars because they don't hurt the bank I'm, I don't necessarily need to be as careful with them. If, if I had a $2,500 guitar, I would probably like wrap myself in bubble wrap before I played it, you know? <laughs> yep. Uh, cause you can't, can't just wrap the guitar cause then it won't play. Um, so yeah, I, I really like that. And I've actually played a, an acoustic Mitchell and I think it was you know, $120 for a kit or something like that. And I was actually really impressed with the way that it played and the way that it sounded. Mm -hmm. So I'm kind of thinking maybe Mitchell is not really that bad of a brand. No, a lot of bang for the buck on that guitar. Oh yeah. So, I mean, um, I hear a lot of professionals. I mean, you can find YouTube videos out there a lot of professionals go out and they um they buy cheap guitars and they fix them up and and they say they play great and they use them all the time not on stage all the time but uh even in bar bar type situations you know playing at the bar or something like that they would rather have a cheap guitar if it drops or it falls or something happens to it it's a lot cheaper to fix because they can just throw it away well if need be right and let's not forget who Dolly Parton is, right? Very humble person. Sure. Came yep. came from a very uh, poor uprising. Yep. So I'm sure that uh, a $99 guitar it, that sounds and plays well is a steal. That it is. You know, just because you have a whole amusement park with your name on it doesn't mean you can't still enjoy some of the less finer things in life, I guess. I don't know. True. I'd like to know how much the guitar really cost her after it was done. Well, that's what they said. They ended the article like that. They uh, they were talking about uh, who knows. Obviously, you know, it was starts off as $99, but by the time it gets customized with all the bedazzling or whatever, 
then it's obviously a guitar that she played yep so yeah nobody knows what the real value of that guitar i wonder is. if she'll continue to use it or if she'll like put it up for auction for charity or something oh that's a good question if it was just like a yeah. one-time you know just for that occasion well that and it was used at the rock and roll hall of fame right so yeah. i mean there's just so many things going that are pro that could just increase the garbage out of the price of that guitar and somebody will pay for yep. it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That is true. What is that? It looks nice. And in honor of uh, Dolly. It's a Mitchell. Mm -hmm. Oh, wow. Yep. But it's the uh, Mitchell MS450, uh, Les Paul yeah. style. Built really solid. Really like it. I think MSRP was uh, $399 or something like that. And they were doing a sale. It was uh, $250. Right. But it has um, locking tuners. Yeah. Uh, it has split coils, which are pretty neat for that for that price. What else? There was one other thing it had. Um, I've seen a lot of good reviews on it. Yeah, it's. I mean, it's it's nice. It it feels really good. A lot of maple. Yep. Really great guitar. I just really that's. I've never I've never had an LP style guitar. Right. And uh, I, I'm never going to uh, until until we win the lottery. I'm never going to go out and buy a Gibson. Just not going to happen. So, and I know that uh, Epiphone has uh, uh, Les Paul style out there and everything like that. And, but uh, I saw this and I, I really liked the uh, translucent black. Uh, the price was right. So I'm like, yep, I'm getting it. Yep. It is. Uh, I'm trying to think of what the other thing. I, I think I read somewhere that it had a maple cap on it, but I'm not sure. Uh, that I don't that. know. And I don't want to say it does, but uh, without looking it up, but no, it's. Right. It's good. I enjoy it. Uh, it's it's a kind of a. Uh, they say it's a C shaped neck, but a lot of people are saying right. that it's probably closer to a D. Um, okay. But I mean, it definitely feels different. It feels much wider than uh, my Strat. Okay, uh, that's typical. Yeah, but it, it took me a little bit to kind of get comfortable with it, and uh, hmm. so I'm uh, still working it. Yep. All right. Uh, did you have any more or you just had those two? Just those two. Oh, all right. Well, see, that's what happens, folks. When you don't send us questions, we pick yeah. articles and uh, <laughs> just have a little conversation about it. So if you like the articles, don't contact us. <laughs> it's that easy. Or contact us with an article that oh, you want to talk about. Yeah, yeah, that would work too. All right. So um, obviously... We were so excited and amped up about the Joe Bonamassa concert that we kind of forgot to think about what to do after that. So we decided to uh, just do a recap on the Project Guitar. So uh, I think, Rick, you can run us through, kind of uh, go into a little bit more detail of the project. Okay, I'll talk about the neck first. And one of the things we did was replace the tuners because the tuners were bad in it cleaned the neck thoroughly i took everything out off the neck including including removing the neck from the body cleaned the um rosewood fingerboard uh, completely i uh, did polish the frets i did a lot of stuff there i also rounded the um rounded the fingerboard so that it was more comfortable in the hand and dressed up the frets on the end so that it uh, didn't uh, it was easy to play how much time was put into that oh I don't know, probably four or five hours into the whole thing. Interesting. Yeah. Because I really want to know, because I have a Squire. Right. And I would be interested to see what that would play like if the neck was, because you're, you're talking about rounding off the neck, the top side of the neck, the actual fretboard. Yeah, each side of the fretboard, you round them off to make it more comfortable. Mm -hmm. And then, of course, you have to not only round that off, you got to dress, redress the ends of the frets. Too. Right. So, uh, you know, you got to crown them. You got also, they, I went through and I crowned the frets and, uh, leveled the, leveled the frets off. So made sure that the fretboard was straight before I did all that. So, uh, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a lot of work. Do you have the official tools to do that work or do you just have tools that you have figured out a way to, to make it work, to do the job that you're looking to do? Oh, I just use a sledgehammer and an axe. That does it. <laughs> Throw out a traffic cone first. <laughs> yes. 
I'm only kidding. Uh, no, I do have the I do have the tools to do it. All right, they're just special files. Um, the special leveler. I mean, you can uh, you can buy it. At, uh, I know I can I can give the name of the place that uh, I get stuff like that. But uh, or I can we can put it out on the Buy Me Coffee type site if you want. Yep, which is which is what I'm gonna do uh, since we haven't been able to get it out um, on Buy Me a Coffee periodically as the episodes launch. What I'm gonna do is take all the images and kind of summarize uh, the episodes and the things that you've talked about. And I'm going to put it up on Buy Me a Coffee uh, approximately the same time that this episode releases. So uh, if you're listening okay. and you want to see pictures, uh, jump out to buymeacoffee.com slash pandemic guitar. But I was also going to say uh, or ask if you had that um, that that ruler, that level um, and I'm trying to think of what the name of it. I did put it on my Christmas list. Um, a fret ruler? Yeah, hold on a second. Or a leveler? It's got the notches yeah, for the frets? Yeah, yep. So it's basically... Yeah, I, I have one. All right, so I might bring my Squire over because I'm thinking that the neck is starting to curve. The headstock is curving up. Okay. And uh, I don't have... I just loosen the strings for now. And until I get the tool, because I don't want to mess it up. Okay, not a problem. I can take a look at it. So, all right, and we can move on to the body. Any questions about that? The neck? Uh, no. I mean, I think that's. I think it's really cool. You didn't scallop the neck, right? No, I did not. Because I know you were talking about it at one point in time. I was going to, and uh, I was really thinking about it, but then I decided not to. Uh, Rosewood. The scallop rosewood is very easy to do. Ma uh, maple neck is uh, a little bit harder. The wood is rosewood is softer, so it's easier to scallop. Right. Did you put in some like but, pearl inlay or anything fancy like that? No. I can I can do that, but I'm not going to. Hmm. Well, yeah, because you would have to pull the uh, fretboard off the neck, right? No, not necessarily. Oh, all right. So you got the fancy tools for that too. I do. You need a uh, really good Dremel. You need the uh, a router type of like for a holder for the Dremel. And you need the correct, and I'm when I say correct bits, you need the correct bits for the router. If you don't have them, you'll end up with um, a mess. These bits that uh, for the router to do that, push the wood down into the, into the fretboard and not up because if it pushes it up, you get... You get like a, a fray or an edge, a bad edge on it, not a clean edge like you need. Mm -hmm. So, and then you, what you would do is you would cut out your, uh, your pearl and then you would take and you would fit the pearl in there and then you would take um, a piece of um, rosewood and sand the piece of rosewood to get rosewood dust, mix it up with a little uh, glue and then push it into the, uh, well, you'd have to glue the pearl piece into the neck. And then you'd have to take and mix the stuff up, the uh, rosewood, and push it into the, um, and f you know, fill up the crack sure. between the pearl and the rosewood. Then what you do is you just scrape it clean with a razor blade. Yeah, it sounds so, like a whole lot of work. It really does. It is. Yeah. <laughs> mm -hmm. I would, I personally, I would, I would just bedazzle the body. Pull a dolly. Yeah, pull, that's what it's called. Pull Pulling a dolly. A dolly. So, yeah. yeah. All right, let's, uh, let's jump into the body. Okay, the body is, uh, I did a lot of work on that. Um, well, not as much as the neck. The neck was, I did quite a bit of work on the neck. The body had, as you know, had a crack in the pocket, with the neck pocket. That was fixed. Oh, yeah. That um, That's an easy fix, by the way. I also inspected where the uh, bridge, because it has the older style bridge with the floating bridge with the eight screws, and I also inspected that, made sure nothing was cracked there, and there wasn't anything. And then what I did was uh, I any chips in the body and anything like that, and there were a few, a few chips. I fixed all the chips and filled them in and buffed out the body and got that uh, got that looking really nice. I'm actually I was just thinking about this uh, because I I'm pulling up pictures now as you're talking about it. Is that eight or is that six? I'm sorry, six. Yes, six. Okay, something different. Okay, yeah, because I when you said that I was like, wait, they make. They have one with eight? Oh, I'm sorry. It's six. Well, they do. They have they have seven string guitars and eight string guitars. So they they use for the bridge, they typically use a screw per string. 
Yes, but then there's also you, there's also the new floating ones that have the two points on each side. They're just a, a post and a post, one on the top and one on the bottom, and then the bridge floats on those posts. All right, you'll see that on the the new newest style fenders. And what was the? I'm trying to remember because it's been a while since I've looked at these pictures. But what was the pickup configuration in this Strat? It was a single coil SSS, single coil, single coil. And single coil. So it has three singles. Uh, it right. looks like it's actually, it, I can't tell. It looks like the body is cut almost where you could do a single and two humbuckers. You can do two singles and a humbucker. Two singles and a humbucker. Okay. Right. Provided you got the pick guard to handle it. Right, right. Yeah. So then, so yours, this came with three singles, but could you cut right. that pocket out so you would have room for three humbuckers if that's what you wanted to do? Yes, that's called, a, um, you'll see that in, on some of the uh, bodies, the Stratocaster bodies, mm -hmm. and it's just, a, it's just a big cutout between all three cavities there. Yeah. And that's called a swimming pool. Okay, because it holds water or? No, I wouldn't put any water in it. <laughs> you ruin the body. Yeah. So, yes, it could be, you could route it out and you could um, make it uh, three humbuckers. Or you can make it two humbuckers in one single in the middle. Yeah. So I just got this one folder uh, for pictures of the the body. Um, right. So other than uh, taking it, taking everything apart, because I can see there is absolutely no hardware uh, on on the body. Yep. And you, you just basically cleaned it out. Was there anything else that you did to the body itself, other while well, you fix the neck pocket? Yes. And then clean it. Clean it. Yeah. Well, that seems pretty simple. Yeah, but I also fixed all the scratches and all the dings, and there were a few dings in it and stuff like that. I, I fixed that all. Really? So you just yeah. buffing it out with uh, car wax or? Um, there's a little, there were like a few little indentations in the body, and you just use a little bit of heat, a little bit of water. You lightly uh, use a moist rag, put it on there, and just use a little, like a soldering iron, a tip, and it will the water will absorb and expand the wood. Interesting. So, there's lots of ways, a lot of little tricks. I would never have thought about doing that. Then what I do is if there's any paint there, I mean, if the paint is still there, that's great. But then if it, if it chips or if uh, I chip it, then what I do is I fill it, I let it, I let it sit for a few days to make sure it's dry and then I um, fix it. So and that's what I had to do on some of that. So I fixed all the scratches. There's no scratches in it. Got to be so, like brand new. Uh, just about once um, I buffed it out and it looks really good. And then I put my fingerprints on it. Right. That's, so it the, look that's the first thing you do. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I like going to uh, uh, Guitar Box and just giving every guitar a high five. Like, how you doing? Yeah, no. You're my boy. Yeah. I also cleaned all the chrome. I mean, I, when you, when I talk about cr cleaning the chrome, I took everything apart, including the bridge. I took the saddles, the springs, everything out, everything apart. So it is clean. There's nothing, no dirt in it at all. Yeah, I see that. And actually, I wouldn't have even thought thought to tear it down that far yeah well when i first got when i first got the guitar i thought the in, intonation was off because of the way the saddles were on there mm -hmm. they just didn't seem right i didn't check it i should have checked it but um so what i did is i just took everything apart and then redid the intonation and got it all correct and it uh it really is nice now definitely i don't know if these uh well yeah it looks like you're uh these pictures here you're getting ready to oh i see one where it's got dirt on it and then the next one it's all yep. clean looks like you're starting to put uh everything back into the body and that took me a few hours to do you know uh, excluding the fixing the scratches and buffing it out it does look nice though i can say that mm -hmm. and, and amanda is in complete darkness Literally and figuratively, yes. I don't <laughs> okay. have lights on in here, but also I have no idea what you're talking about. So, okay, I'm well, just here for the ride, guys. Just, just, just hanging out. Hang in there. How about that setup recap? Oh yeah, we uh, set up. I did. Uh, I put new strings. Well, of course, I I had to put the guitar back together. I made sure that the truss rod was uh, there was enough tension on the truss rod for relief. And then um, what I did was I uh, made sure that the nut was in there correctly. Um, that it didn't need a new nut. That's about the only thing I really didn't do is I should have, I guess I could have changed it out for a bone nut. Yeah, that's but, what I was going to um, say. Is it, uh, the, the one that was on there, I'm assuming it was plastic. Yeah, originally. I guess I put enough time into it, so. Right. You know, and, uh, then what I did is I, I reassembled the, the, um, 
the floating tremolo system and put that in the guitar, got everything uh, put on there. I, I put nines on there. Yeah, that's... Diario nines. Yeah, isn't that what you have on almost everything? No, I have tens on the Gibsons. Oh. I have, on the on the Fenders, I use nines. Actually, yeah. Uh, what did you say? Diar Diario? Diario. Diario? Yeah. Oh, I just picked up a... There you go. Three pack of, uh, looks like it's nine through 42, the XLs. Yep. That's what I think. Um, yeah, I think that's what I get too. I think what's the other company? I think it's GHS, the boomers. Yeah. GHS. Yeah. Yep. Those are the ones I've, I've been using those for quite a long time, but, yep. uh, I, I just noticed that I have, I probably have five packages of acoustic strings left and I'm, out of electric so i was like hey, might as well pick up some strings always nice to have new ones around just in case you break uh or snap an e-string yeah well i don't um, i don't play as rough as you well yeah but um you will eventually you'll you'll stretch them what i hate is what i hate is i i start stretching i start stretching the strings and i do that manually you know i just pull on the strings and then i tune it pull on it tune it and do that about five or six times, and then uh, I hate about three minutes into playing it, I snap a E string. Well, you're doing it to yourself. Yeah, but I got to start looking to make sure it's the, make sure it's the fret didn't, you know, it's not, it didn't uh, break on the fret, or it didn't break on the bridge, you know, there's a sharp edge there or something like that. So right, you know, because you replace the string and breaks again, then you're, you know, it's like you're down two strings now. Yeah. Yeah, especially. Well, I think you actually um, you have a, a point of contact or a company or something where can you just buy like a box of high E strings, a box of nines, or yeah, you can. They sell them separately. Yeah, that's that's almost because I've done that. Be I have done that before where uh, I'll I'll snap that string while I'm changing them out or something like that, and I'm like, well, sure. crap, now I gotta pretty much just wasted a whole set for one string. Right. Usually what I do is I put them in a plastic, I put those, put those strings in a plastic bag and then I take and I open up a new set and, um, then I just save those other ones. I'll eventually get the, um, uh, I'll go out and I'll find somebody that has the nines. Diario sells the nines separately Yeah. and I'll just buy a whole mess of them, you know, and then I'll start using the other ones. Yeah. Which that makes sense. Yeah. I try not to let them go to waste and then I recycle them too. So. I do go through um, quite a few strings, and I think I have about four or five pounds of strings right now. Yeah, I that I, gotta... I think I have uh, four or five sets sitting around here that I just need to get to you. Right. So anyhow, I adjusted the uh, on the on the setup recap. I did the I did the intonation. I set up the bridge. I set up the of course on the strap because there's a floating tremolo. I had to set up the springs in the back and uh, make sure everything was uh, working there. Um, after I got that all done, I did the intonation on it, which I mentioned before, um, and, uh, made sure that the relief in the neck was proper. And after that, I basically called it good. But the thing is, uh, what I didn't mention is, is, uh, I did a lot of work on the electronics too. Well, that's what I was going to ask because I know that we have, and we, we do have some audio and I'm, I'll just put it in, in post. I'll make sure it fits there. Um, yeah. but, uh, we, we do have some audio of what it sounded like before doing anything and right. what it sounds like after. And you can definitely hear in the before audio that there is some scratchiness. turned out was when I purchased it the guy had told me that um, he had thought it was the either the switch or the um, potentiometers you know the uh, volume and tone controls mm -hmm. there. so he, that's what he told me he explained it to me and I didn't even plug the guitar in and play it because it wasn't really I could care less at that point you know right I mean he was up front up front and honest and what I did was I when I got home I plugged it into uh, uh, 
into my audio interface and into um, I think I think Logic Pro was what is what I used and um, started pl started playing a little bit with it and I was playing around with the controls and everything like that and I couldn't hear the scratchiness at first I moved the switch up and down and stuff like that which is actually the scratchiness is common with those switches they're the cheap um, printed circuit board switches mm -hmm. you know the five five position switch so what I did was uh, I started playing around and just started doing things. And what I found out was really interesting. When I moved the tone and tone uh, controls and the volume control, it would uh, start getting very scratchy. But it was, what was really odd was it wasn't just one control. It was all three of them. Mm -hmm. So, and what happens was, is that as I took apart the guitar and I, pulled all the pieces out of it. I found out that the, um, output jack on the, on the bottom, uh, they didn't even solder it. Somebody had pulled it out and just wrapped the wires around it. So when you were moving the, well, any of the potentiometers, it would, it would, uh, they were loose and they would move a little bit. And that's what caused the, the scratchiness. So, and I do have a, an audio clip of that. So, I've re I replaced all the audio in it. I mean, I replaced the uh, potentiometers. It has the uh, CTS uh, pots in it now, the volume and the tone control, and it also has the proper uh, capacitor there. Um, I didn't, uh, I mean, I used an orange drop capacitor. I know it was uh, an overkill for the, for the thing, but it's, uh, I put a lot of time into it, so I figured make it nice. Yeah, and I'm I'm looking at the pictures and the pictures that you uploaded for me to use. It doesn't look like that picture of the um, the input jack, the wiring. Doesn't look like that's on there. But I do think you sent it to me in a text, so I'll move that over and put that up as well. Yeah, I did, and uh, you can see that. I don't know whether um, I do know that the pick guard was, was that particular model. This is an old uh, Chinese. It was a 2000, I believe, is the year of it. And it had um, just a plain white pick guard on it. And somebody put the uh, white, black, white, three, three pie pickup on it, pickup, pickup guard on there. So um, I knew it was replaced. Well, evidently he, um, he or she uh, just basically cut the wires off the um, output jack and just wrapped them around the, uh, the lugs and um, went from there. So. But anyhow, it got it got new. Uh, it got a new five-position switch. It got a very good one, uh, a Fender um, five-position switch. It's got the CTS pots. It got the, I think it was a, a 0.22 microfarad um, or MFD uh, capacitor, orange drop, and then it got a brand new output jack. I put in there. Um, which is much better than the old one, higher quality. And I think I sent you pictures of that. Yeah, yeah, I believe you did. But that was what I, I did there. And then um, for just playing it, it plays really, really nice. I really like it. Um, uh, it's got that uh, good old um, uh, single-coil pickup sound that I know you don't like. Well, it's not that it's not that I don't necessarily like it. It's just... I don't gravitate towards it as much as I, I really like the sound uh, of the humbuckers. Right. The humbuckers, uh, as I said, are more, f it's a fuller type sound that you get out of them. But I do, so. but I do like single coil because I, I really like the way that the uh, Telecasters sound. Right. But you can get a Telecaster with a humbucker too, or you, you can, can get, uh, you can get one with two humbuckers on it. You can. Now, speaking so, of Telecasters, I was at Guitar Box the other day, and I, I sent you a picture, uh, that Jay Terser uh, Telecaster. Yes. Yep. That thing was gorgeous. Yep. And, and the price wasn't bad, but I, the wife said no. Well, only one this time. Yeah, only one this time. Cool. So, uh, so oh, go ahead. Go ahead. No, no, go ahead. You... I, I was just going to ask if uh, you, um, we already know that uh, the Project Guitar was uh, sub um, $100. Yes, and 70, 70 bucks. Yeah, 70 basically. bucks. Um, so approximately 
how much in parts did you have to spend? Oh, I think the the wiring harness. In other words, I I got a complete uh, kit for the uh, the volume tone, the five position switch, and the uh, output jack with including wiring, the old fashioned cloth wiring. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think that was like 32 is what I got it for. Okay. And I'm trying to think of if there was anything else I replaced on that thing. I think that's about it. I was going to say, I know it wasn't very much. Um, and then obviously right. whatever the value of your time is, and that's going to vary from person right. to person to person. But um, right. cash out of pocket, you're looking at a a guitar that is nice and almost brand new uh playability yep. wise um you know you got to do some work on it and uh so now it's really it's yours and you're you're at 130 dollars yep you you can't you almost can't even with that guitar if that was a brand new one on the shelf i think those start out now at like 230 yeah i want to say you're right yeah. 240 somewhere in there because it's an affinity uh, so those yep. obviously cost more than the bullets. And I think the bullets start out around 160 to 180, somewhere in there. Is it, was it a, yeah, it is an affinity, I think. Well, yeah, I think you told me it was. It's 23 years old. We're going on 23 years old. It's a 2000. It was made in China. It has the um, original thickness of the uh, Fender Stratocaster. So you can put a full-size bridge in there. I mean, that's about. That's about the only thing I didn't do is put, um, I mean, you can put really good pickups in there and you can put a bridge in there and you'd have a great, great guitar. Yeah. Uh, I mean, let me put, I'll put it to you this way. I have a Fender uh, player uh, Strat and I think they're retailing now for about 800 bucks and I would put it in the same ballpark. If you just replace the pickups, I think it, it would be in the same ballpark. I mean, playability, it plays great. It plays just like my Fender, but I think the, the if you if you really went wanted to get down and put really good pickups into it, it would sound really really good. Oh, I bet. Well, that's the end. We'll just call it the end of Project Guitar Number One. I think yep. we're going to keep our eyes out for Project Guitar Number Two. Might wait a little bit after Christmas, maybe. Right. Um, and yeah, we'll, we'll go from there. So that's, that's the first one we're just learning and we'll have another one coming up. Um, you have anything you want to add any final words or thoughts on it? Well, maybe on the next uh, project guitar, I'll, uh, I'll scallop the neck. I think that would be cool. Hoping it's a strat, but maybe, uh, I'll go all out on it and I'll put nice pickups in it and stuff like that and redo the, redo the neck. I'll put a new, um, bridge in there. I'm sorry, a tremolo system in there. And, uh, you know what I really would like to do? It'd be my first one, but uh, I would really like to take and put a Floyd Rose in there. Oh, wow. Now, now the Floyd Rose, in order to put a Floyd Rose in a Stratocaster, I'd have to do some cutting. So it's going to be router time, you know, like Miller time, router time. <laughs> so, <laughs> oh, so, yeah. Well, so, uh, we'll, we'll see what we can find. Yeah, there's two stages to the, there's two depths to the Floyd Rose and stuff like that. So it's a, it's an interesting um, build, but uh, maybe I'll do it on that one. I don't know. We'll see. And on the All next right. one, you can add the bejewels. Get yourself a get there yourself a go. boob job, <laughs> and you can sell that thing for a lot of money. I'm willing to bet. <laughs> yeah, I got to dye my yeah. hair blonde. Yeah. yeah, you need to like tease your hair up. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we, I'm, I probably can mess around with some filters and give you a southern accent. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> there you go. All right. Well, let's go ahead and move on. Uh, we got a few minutes left, and we always like to do a little bit of this week in music history. So it's going to be November 28th through December 3rd. I know I got a bunch of them in there, or well, we do. Uh, but uh, go ahead and hit us with the best ones there, Amanda. Music, history. You ready? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm still waiting for the intro for that. So that, that'll we just have to do out. for now. Yeah. I'll work on something. All right. That sounds good. I, I got a backlog, but I'll work on okay. something. Okay. 
I'm just going to start with the first one that it makes me a little queasy, um, but I'm going to say it. Uh, ni- <laughs> 1967, The Monkees, Daydream Believer, hits number one in America for the first time of four weeks. Ugh. Yuck. Oh. I can't. Uh, for the first of four weeks. Hits number one in America yeah, for the one. first. Oh, for the first of four weeks. Okay, that makes more sense. Yeah. <laughs> I was okay. wondering if you were going to actually say that one or if you were going to skip it. No, I just wanted to get it out of the way. And for those of you <laughs> who don't know and not, are not familiar, apparently I threw up on uh, uh, Tim's Monkeys cassettes back in the day when I was little. Mm-hmm. Allegedly. Allegedly. I was actually yeah. aiming for them yeah. the whole time. Um, and so to this day, I'm just I'm just a little, I get queasy when it comes to the monkeys, I guess. Especially uh-huh. Daydream Believer. There's just something about it. I know. I know what I'm slipping into the Christmas music this year. Please don't. Actually, do, do the monkeys, <laughs> did they do a Christmas album? They did, yeah. Oh, they did? I'm pretty sure they did. Huh. Okay. I'll do research on the fly. Yeah. I... Because I know the Beach Boys did, I think. Yeah, a lot of groups yeah. did. Okay. And one year later, in 1968, Janis Joplin made her final appearance with Big Brother and the Holding Company in San Francisco, California. There you go. Janis Joplin. Yeah, she... Who is, who is the with Big Brother and the, and the Holding Company? I have no idea. That was the name of the group. Oh, was it? Yeah. You can look it up. I mean, it's... Uh... I mean, um, I know I know of Janis Joplin. I just didn't know yeah. that it was Big Brother and the Holding Company. Yeah, it's sort of like it's she's the she's the lead singer, so it's Janis Joplin, and then the Holding the Holding Company was the band behind her. Huh. I'll have to check that out. What else you got? Let's see. Um, I think I'm gonna go. I need that beep 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 beep, beep breaking news. <laughs> oh my God. Um, I'm okay. I'm gonna go. 1983, MTV aired the full 14-minute of Michael Jackson's thriller video for the first time. Regarded as the most influential pop music video of all time, the video was inducted into the National Film Registry of the Library of Congress in 2009. The first music video to ever receive this honor for being culturally, historically, and aesthetically significant. I had no idea that the thriller video was 14 minutes long. Yeah, the original full version, yeah. Like, I remember the song itself was kind of even a little long on the radio, but 14 minutes. Yeah, because it was, um, it, it's, it's, it starts off, it's almost kind of like a little sitcom. Like a they movie or something, up. yeah. Yeah, because uh, Michael Jackson and his date, they walk out of a movie theater and, and you know, she was scared because they saw a scary movie and they're walking home and... It just goes on from there. Interesting. Ah, I didn't know that. I did see the movie, though. I mean, I did see the... <laughs> the video? The video. Do you know yeah. the dance, too? Minute. The thriller dance? Uh, no, no. Okay, so for the last one. So 2020, uh, South Korea, which required men to enlist in the military by the time they turned 28 passed a law to defer service for K-pop stars who have elevated the country's cultural influence around the world until age 30. This kept BTS intact as one of the performers performers turned 28 three days later. So BTS is a a Korean K-pop group for those who don't know. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, I I don't know that. I, I see them, like I've, apparently K-pop has become this huge thing that, they're like huge. huge. They're huge. Out here, they do huge conferences, like uh, um, conventions for K-pop groups. And they come here from Korea to LA. And people, there's like uh, Korean food vendors. It's a whole thing. It's huge out I would here. go for the food. Right. That's it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Have you seen those sticks, the, the big mozzarella things on a stick? It's like a Korean corn dog. No. But it's, it's just mozzarella. With a bunch yeah. of, oh, well, it looks amazing. I mean, I've probably seen it as I surf through the the reels, but. It's all over the know. gram, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's all over the grams, as the kids say. Now that I've said it, it'll pop up. Yeah. Just watch. Because <laughs> the metaverse <laughs> is listening. Right. Uh, I did not, and I didn't realize that uh, South Korea required men to enlist in the military by the time they turned 28. Uh, so I was like, oh, that's weird like because here we have a choice it's either you go to jail or you join the military you know uh 
Sure. But for them to say, uh, okay, if you're part of K-pop because it's uh, a cultural influence, we'll hold it off for two years till you're 30. So like, what about BTS, who is uh, probably like one of the most famous? Does, did, he's got two years worth of K-pop fun and then he's got to go serve in the military or does he get like, he gets excused. No, he he has to because I actually just saw a news article about that that said the band, I guess, is taking a break because they have to serve. Oh, yeah. okay. So their last concert, I actually work with a gal who went to a huge convention that they were at in, I don't know if it's San Francisco or San Diego, and uh, that was like their last big bang because my understanding is that they're taking a break because they all have to enlist. Finally, the military <laughs> has done something good. Right? <laughs> they should probably stick to singing, but it's just my opinion. Yeah. I don't know. I don't I, know. It's crazy. And, and apparently there's other countries that, that have that requirement as well. Mm-hmm. Who knew? Yep. Well, uh, I think that's pretty much it. We have no idea what we're going to talk about in two weeks. We haven't gotten that far. Well, it'll probably be a Christmas episode, right? Uh, no, mm, no, it won't. No. So not this next one. So number number ten won't be the Christmas episode. Number eleven would be, which Gosh. would come out on December 29th. Well, but then we're past Christmas at that point. Ah, you're still so in the true. mood. You haven't nah. hit. You haven't hit. Yeah, I mean, you we could do a Christmas episode for number ten, but that airs on the fifteenth. So this episode, it's the 1st of December, and then the 15th of December, and then the 29th, and then we have successfully made it through 2022, and episode number 12 will be the first episode of 2023. Gotcha. I think it makes more sense wow. to do the Christmas episode before Christmas. Well, Just come my up opinion. with a game plan. Hey, I can have a game plan for you. All right, I like it. All right. I've got I've got some ideas okay. up here. All right. All right. Well, okay. Then remember they got to be guitar related. Duh. What do you think I'm going to talk about okay. knitting? Right. I mean, right. what what do you think? I, <laughs> oh, I understand the concept of this podcast. <laughs> we're, we're, this special right. episode is all about underwater basket weaving. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> underwater basket I've weaving? I can't even that. imagine that. Yeah. Yeah. You know you have not heard of underwater basket weaving. No. No. Oh, wow. I thought everybody heard about it. No. How about knitting underwater? That sounds I mean, soggy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Jeez. Yeah. Uh, all right. I, all right. So this, this episode, this will be the first. So uh, look forward to a Christmas episode on the 15th yeah. of December. That sounds great. All right. Well, I'll see everybody in two weeks. See ya. Yep. Bye, everybody. <laughs>